the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, September the 8th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on September 8, 1974, President Gerald R. Ford granted a full, free, and absolute pardon to former President Richard Nixon, covering his entire term in office. Today in 1565, a Spanish expedition established the permanent European settlement in North America at present-day St. Augustine, Florida. I know that's disputed, but Associated Press says that today, and I have no evidence that convinces me otherwise, so whatever. But anyway, 1565. Today in 1664, the Dutch surrendered New Amsterdam to the British. They immediately renamed it. They called it New York. Today in 1892, an early version of the Pledge of Allegiance, it was written by Francis Bellamy, it appeared in the Youth's uh, Companion, it was a magazine. The pledge went like this, a little bit different than our pledge today. It said, I pledge allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. That has been changed. I pledge allegiance to the flag, and we have included, of course, thankfully, under God. Today, in 1943, during World War II, General Dwight D. Eisenhower announced Italy's surrender. Nazi Germany immediately responded. They said that was a cowardly act on the part of Italy. Today, in 1986, the Oprah Winfrey Show started, was introduced on television, just between me and you, I didn't. I saw a preview of the show. I was involved, the CBS affiliate station. We had a daily TV show during those years for 12 years. And I saw a preview of that. And just between you and me, I didn't think it would probably be all that successful. Fortunately, I didn't tell anyone that. It has been successful. Oprah has shaped the minds and hearts and the thinking of untold millions of people. She's mixed she's mixed Eastern mysticism, New Age thought, and Buddhism with Christianity. But she was successful in far as far as impacting people. There's no question about that. Ten years ago today, Alan Dale June, he was one of the twenty nine original Navajo code talkers in World War II. Remember, you've heard about those, you've read about them. I have. It's very intriguing. They they did America a great, great service. Um, they communicated back in those days. Uh, they communicated in their original Navajo language, and it just drove the the Japanese army, the Imperial Army, crazy because they couldn't decode it. They never did figure out how to decode that and, and get the messages. So these guys would talk back and forth in Navajo, and then they would would repeat it to the to the English-speaking people there in the military, 
It was an amazing thing. Anyway, he died uh, today, 10 years ago. He was 91 years old. He was living in Prescott, Arizona. Five years ago today, Kim Davis, a Rowan County, Kentucky clerk, she was had been jailed for refusing to issue marriage licenses to gay couples. She said only, she said only a male and a female can be married, and she said I'm not going to assist in breaking God's laws. As the county commission, well, yeah, as you can imagine, you may remember that I actually talked about it on this program at the time. Well, she was released today, five years ago today. She'd been in jail for a week for not doing these so-called marriages, and um, they released her. Well, what the press wasn't expecting, nor was she, there were thousands of people showed up the day she walked out of jail to cheer her on and to celebrate her and to thank her for taking a stand. And I remember thinking at that time, five years ago today, I remember thinking at the time, and it comes to my mind again today, People really are looking for leadership because there are so few leaders today in in the world that are stand-up people that are who they say they are to the best of their ability. Everybody is flawed and makes mistakes, but there's such a a drought of leadership. I mean, really. And they saw this woman lead. There were consequences, and you know you can debate whether she should have done that or not in her official job. What was her responsibility and all that it can go on and on and on, but. She took a stand, and she led in her moment in that time, in her situation. The world today is looking for leadership, and they're not finding it, certainly not in most of the politicians. The politicians get elected, and suddenly they become, they morph into this other person. They go away to D.C. or Olympia or Salem or Boise or wherever they go, and they become this other person. And they come back and they say, well, the reason we didn't, I prom- I know I promised this, but, you know, the reason we didn't get this done, well, it's very, very complicated. You wouldn't understand. And they dismiss the very people that pay their bills and elect them. They become this other person. Then they kind of morph back to the original person. They come back and, I need your vote. I'm, I'm fighting for you. I don't mean to sound cynical, but that's where we are today in politics. And when a real leader stands up, the people can hardly, they, they can hardly <laughs> adjust. But they're looking for leadership. Senator Bernie Sanders is not that person, but he does have a birthday today. Bernie Sanders, 79 years old today. The psalmist wrote Psalm 31, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. Going through adversities, going through troubles, going through difficult times, challenging times, times that we don't even understand sometimes, the full depth and breadth of it, we can rejoice. I've heard Christians, I I have, I've heard people criticize Christians for being living in denial. That bothers me a lot. But I've heard it. People who claim to be Christians, but they are not. They have not accepted Christ. There may be, maybe they have a form of civil religion, but it's not a personal relationship. 
But I've heard them say, well, those evangelicals, those Bible-thumping people, they just live in denial. They, they're happy, even though there's all these reasons to be sad and so on and so forth. But to anyone who might be thinking that that's listening, and I don't know that there are, but if so, I will tell you that we are not living in denial. We do not have an IQ of 50. We do have a peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. And we are rejoicing, not in the troubles and the adversities that we see all around us. We see them very clearly, perhaps more clearly than the people that are blinded by sin. But we're rejoicing in the mercy of God, knowing in our hearts, we know, down deep in our hearts, we know that God has considered our trouble and he knows our adversities. So don't feel like you're walking alone and don't feel like God is somehow detached from your circumstances. Just rejoice in his mercy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A lot of headlines out there this morning. A couple of them caught my attention. One in particular, Joe Biden <laughs> Joe Biden went to Kenosha and told a lie. He told several of them, in fact, but one of them really caught my attention. He got a little bit of a southern draw, like, kind of like Hillary used to do. I watched the video a couple times to be sure I got this right. I'm not going to try to, you know, reproduce his sound, but he got kind of a little bit southern draw, almost a black accent. He wants to be careful with that, but he said, a black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Now, I'm not here to defend Edison, and I'm going to be talking about Trump in a moment. I'm not here to defend him either, but I want to talk to you a little bit about the deception that we live in today. We live under a cloud of deception. It's so hard to figure out what really is going on? Because there's so many blatant lies that are put forward. And today, with the kind of access that we have to just information in general, particularly the Internet, but, I mean, even cable, you know, television and all these channels. And, I mean, it's just, it's like a cloud. It just envelops you. And you're wondering, is this true? Is What's going on here? And it's hard to navigate through these waters today. Just, you know, 30 years ago, I can remember that. I'm over 40. I have a memory of 30 years ago, very clear one. Before the Internet had been developed and, and, and was pervasive, we just didn't have this. It's like, it's like being thirsty. You want the truth. You want to know what's going on. And, and then somebody offers you a, a fire hose off of a, you know, a fire hydrant somewhere, it turns that sucker on full blast to give you a drink. I mean, it's like you can't. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hose. You're overwhelmed. You're knocked down by it. But in the midst of all of this, the truth of God stands. And we can know the truth. Because ultimately, Jesus Christ himself is the truth. But this is not new to our area, to our uh, era. It's just so in, increased in, in, in volume and in noise and and just in substance. I mean, there's just so much of it today. But even in Paul's time, the Apostle Paul 
he recognized this in the church among the Christian community. In fact, he wrote in in, uh, uh, Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 8, he said, I'm reading from the the New King James Version. He said, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. Interesting on this, and this is not a study in original language, but the language, the original, the Greek, the word cheat actually means to plunder or to take you captive. And that is exactly what he was saying to the Christians then and now, because God inspired that and has preserved it. In fact, God's word will never pass away. So he's saying, beware lest anyone plunder or take you captive through the philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. We have to look at things differently. And we have to look at them through a biblical worldview, through the lens of the Bible. If we don't have a biblical worldview, we will we will live our lives in, in anxiety. We will live our lives in, in confusion, in chaos, really, because we can't handle all that's out there in and of our own self. And this is basically what he said. He said, you become a captive to the false information and the lies that are spreading all around you, whatever they may be. Proverbs 26 kind of speaks to that as well in a number of places, but one is verses 24, 25, and 26. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him. And again, the word kindly can mean, it does mean graciously, actually. Do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. I wish we had time to get into that. We don't today. But through his hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Just a couple of verses from many in the Bible that speaks of the kinds of times that we're living in today. One of the reasons that we do this program every day is because we try to bring some clarity to what's happening as we speak. We do it. It originates live, as you know, if you listen every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and then it's delayed on some of the stations we're on. We're not on millions of stations, but on the ones we're on, uh, it's delayed a little bit on some of them. And But we originate live every morning. These are not canned programs that were made up, you know, that were produced some other time for right now. They're for right now, and we're speaking about what's happening in the news as we speak And we're doing so from a biblical perspective. And I know those of you who support our ministry, you know what we're doing. If you're new, um, that little explanation was for you. And I would encourage you to consider, prayerfully consider, becoming a supporter of this ministry. We need you. These are uh, unbelievable times. They're very difficult times. They're perilous times. We need your help. We need you to stand with us, to pray for us. And we need you to write a check or make a donation. We need your help. It's tax-deductible. But we ask you to stand with us. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Also, you can contribute online. You can go to our website. It's Faith and Freedom, Faith 
A-N-D-Freedom, all one word, dot U-S, not dot com, but dot U-S, like United States. Faithandfreedom.us, and you'll see whatever I've written that day and published, you'll see it come up first, and often it's part of, and it is today part of the context of this radio program. I'm going to be sharing some of what I wrote today, and, and you'll see that, and then you look up just under the dome of the Capitol, you'll see the an option to donate, a little tab. You just click that, and you can donate online. That would be great. And thank you so much in advance. We need your help. We do. There's a story out of Los Angeles uh, that I wanted to mention. I, I don't know a lot of the details about it, but I'm going to tell you what I do know because uh, KTLA Channel 5, uh, we had a couple of people in our church actually in North Hollywood who worked at Channel 5, remember that. They're they're pretty focused on the news. It's an independent station, or it was at the time. I think it still is. And... Um, pretty focused on the news, and uh, they're reporting this story. I just want to pass it along to you. It's interesting. Uh, Glendale is is a close-in suburb of Los Angeles, as you probably know, right next to, uh, you know, more famous places like Pasadena and uh, so on. But anyway, a piece of piles of mail, KTLA Channel 5 is, is um, reporting, Piles of mail were dumped in two separate locations in Glendale. And the American Postal Workers Union says that its members were not involved. There were no postal members involved in this. But these piles of mail were found in two separate locations just a a couple of days ago uh, in in Glendale. And including one incident where a rented truck, like a U-Haul or something, was captured on surveillance video dumping bags and bags and bags of unopened letters and packages in this parking lot of a business. But they weren't to that business. They were just dumped there, and the truck pulled away and and left. The first incident was in the morning. It was about 7.30 in the morning. It was on Allen Avenue, and uh, roughly two hours later, the police received another call. There, There was another big dump of mail. And this time it was behind a business on Glen Oaks Boulevard, which is a main thoroughfare through there. And um, it was outside this 7Q Spa Laser and Aesthetics uh, business, but they said that it wasn't for them. I mean, there's tons of mail, not a few, you know, a little thing in a, you know, with a rubber band around it or something, somebody's personal mail. I mean, there are huge amounts of mail. More mail was found later. In another dump, KTLA is saying, CNN got a hold of this, and they're trying to explain it away and saying, well, it doesn't have anything to do with voting. Well, I mean, if it doesn't, why are they protesting so much? But anyway, I don't know what it has to do with. But the U.S. Postal Service employees were not involved in the dumping of bags. They figured that out. But they have figured out that there was a Western Regional Coordinator who says that they it was uh, contractors who are working for the Postal Service, and uh, it comes it comes at a time, KTLA is saying, which we can understand, when there is high anxiety nationwide about the delivery of mail-in ballots. That's what I know about that, but I just wanted to pass that along to you and let you know that it happened. And what's happening that we don't know about? Well, we'll keep our eyes open and we'll keep you posted on this program so stay with us far left widely read magazine the atlantic it's an elitist magazine they work at being elitist far left they have a lot of readership they've 
maybe lost a, a little bit recently, but they're widely read. They took their best shot at President Trump this last week. They're claim, and they got a lot of press out of it. I'm talking about it right now. They're claiming that based on four anonymous sources, President Trump said disparaging things about dead World War I soldiers two years ago. He called them losers and suckers. Fox News reporter Jeff and, uh, Jennifer Griffin, Fox News, Jennifer Griffin, she snatched up the story. She ran with it. She was reporting it over the weekend on Fox on Fox News, not a Fox affiliate station, but Fox News. She was quoting her own anonymous sources. If Trump would have done that, it would be unthinkable, profoundly disappointing. Why would anyone say something like that? Well, these people are counting on that. That's why they put this story out there. But a closer look affirms that he didn't say it. It's a, the, the eyewitness uh, accounts is overwhelming by people that most anyone should trust. They said that we were with Trump at this incident that they're referring to. He didn't say anything like that. But it does reveal that the left has a propensity for rewriting history as they need to for their own interests, whether it's about patriotism or light bulbs. It doesn't matter. The entire story failed to meet journalistic, you know, basic requirements Anonymous sources can say anything, anytime. They, you just put the words in their mouth because anonymous sources can be anybody, everybody, and nobody all at the same time. The Atlantic claims that based on, I'm quoting them, anonymous sources who had knowledge that President Trump two years ago said these disparaging words about World War I dead veterans. It also claims, the Atlantic, that a trip to a military cemetery was canceled because he didn't want to get his hair wet that that's the story they're all been you know i if i had his hair i if i had any hair i wouldn't want it to get wet i mean that, I, but anyway uh it's all based on anonymous sources who they say had knowledge but there is in this case real eyewitnesses who are not anonymous in fact they've all gone on the record put their name on it they said we were with the president in this situation two years ago he didn't say anything like that there was nothing in the conversation of the day they keep records of these kinds of things one of the guys that was with trump on this deal the 11 is none other than john bolton who can't stand the president he wrote a book trying to bring him down but bolton said over the weekend he said no i was with the president all day that day he didn't say anything like that he said believe me if he would have it would have been a whole chapter in my new book he can't stand the president. He hates him. It's very evident in his book, but he said, no, he didn't, he didn't say anything like that. In 2018, NBC falsely reported that President Trump had become the first president since 2002 not to visit the troops at Christmas. The fact is that Trump was in Iraq with the troops that Christmas. There's pictures, lots of pictures that affirm it. They just throw these things out here. And again, this is not a defense of Trump. Just stay with me. I'm talking about the truth. I'm talking about deception. In that spirit that Trump was the first guy since 2002, the first president, not to visit the troops, while I wrote an article about this today, and there's a picture of he and his wife and all these troops, and it was taken at Christmas on that date. 
but who cares about the truth because the whole the whole thrust is to get the story out there even if you have to retract it and apologize later that is the era in which we live anyway nbc's white house correspondent peter alexander asked the president this past friday because someone had written this story and it was in the atlantic he asked he asked the president this last friday just going into labor day weekend he said would you like to apologize to soldiers and veterans well the president said well i don't have anything to apologize for peter alexander walked out of there and over the weekend nbc reported that the president refuses to apologize for all these things that he didn't do it's amazing then after that alexander was on msnbc yesterday and he was saying well he said there is there are some people <clears throat> excuse me who say the story isn't true but he said it resonates with america because he doesn't tell the truth so it's gone from fact to well do you want to apologize well i didn't do anything then reporting that he refuses to apologize then to msnbc saying well um whether or not the story is true th these are their words it resonates that's their word resonate so as long as it resonates who cares if it's true or not the wall street journal picked up on this story several days ago i, I think it was friday or saturday of this weekend and um they wrote an article about it and they noted in their coverage of the story they said of this misleading story in the atlantic article they said it's impossible to even write about this incident without repeating the lie this is the wall street journal the lie is designed to accomplish exactly that and they recognized the deceitful trap that the Atlantic had carried, but yet the Wall Street Journal felt like it was a big enough deal, and it is a big deal. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it. So that is the trap that is laid. But my point is not about, again, about defending Trump. It's about the original message is out there. And the Wall Street Journal says repeating the lie further ingrains it into the public's mind. The headline read, Trump denies report he disparaged the military. But they were forced, and they admitted that, the Wall Street Journal, they said, we're being forced to repeat a lie because we are forced to, to cover the story because it's become that big out there. The fact checkers that are always lurking around Trump and Pence, of course, were not there at that time. George Orwell wrote a piece in 1942, and I want to leave this with you i just got a couple of minutes left here. He said, early in life, I've noticed that no event is ever correctly reported in a newspaper. But in Spain, this is George Orwell, 1942, World War II. He said, but in Spain, for the first time, I saw newspaper reporter, reports which did not bear any re relation to the facts, not even the relationship which is implied in an ordinary lie. I saw great battles reported that where there had been no fighting. Complete silence where hundreds of men had been killed. I saw troops who had fought bravely denounced as cowards and traitors and others who had never seen a shot fired hailed as heroes of imaginary victories. And I saw newspapers in London retailing these lies and eager intellectuals building emotional superstructures over the events that never happened. Well, that insight developed, of course, into the novel that we know as 1984. But once the lie is out there, it lingers in the minds of those 
who have heard it. That's why we do each day what we do here. Thanks for being with me.